This is episode 40 with Brian Kane. Welcome to The Athletic Mindset. I'm your host, Corey Camp, former Division I swimmer turned personal trainer and coach. Each week, it is my goal to bring you a unique story of an elite athlete's mindset to help you unlock and discover your life's potential. Today, I actually had the chance to sit down with Brian Kane, peak performance coach of UFC world champions, NCAA national champions, and hundreds of other professional athletes. Brian helps the best of the best perform that way and do so with more consistency. His strategies are some that I've implemented into my own life as I seek to improve, and I think they will provide a lot of value to you as well. So please welcome on, Brian. So Brian, welcome, man. Um, obviously, we've been following around your stuff here for a little while. Do you mind just giving those listening in a little bit of a background on who you are, what you do, and you know how you are where you are now? Sure. Yeah, Corey, my pleasure. I'm, you know, a mental performance mastery coach and the creator of the coach, the mental performance mastery coaches certification course and a 30 day to mental performance mastery for athletes training program. And really my background is as a three sport athlete in high school, football, baseball, basketball in a small town in Massachusetts. It's like being the best snowboarder in Mexico, right? You think you're good and then you go play against good competition in Division one college athletics and you realize that working hard isn't enough. You realize that having ability isn't enough. Because if you work hard and you have ability, but you're training in the wrong direction, and what I mean by that is as a baseball pitcher, that's an explosive athlete. You need to train plyometrics and you train anaerobic. And I was training long-distance running, and I started to work harder, so which meant I was running more miles, which meant my fastball was getting slower, which I was in a bad cycle and a bad spiral because I just didn't have the right direction, and I didn't have the right mindset. When I say I didn't have the right mindset, it was about everything was going harder. And that doesn't always work. Because if you're going harder in the wrong direction, you're just going further and faster from where you want to be. So it was about, for me, learning to control the things that I could control, learning that you could actually train mindset, learning that failure and adversity were your advantage because you could learn from them. And I never was able to press pause long enough and reflect on why am I not getting the results that I want? So I was miserable and failed as a college baseball player, and it led me to a book, Heads Up Baseball by a guy named Ken Revisa. Ken Revisa at the time was a professor of sports psychology at Cal State Fullerton. He was working with the Dodgers and the Angels. And I just randomly picked up his book, loved it, sent him an email and said, hey, I just want you to know this is the best book I've ever read. I've never heard a coach talk about mental game like this. Do you have a master's degree? Because at the time I wanted to go be a high school coach and teacher and athletic director. And if I had a master's degree, I was going to make more than I did if I had a bachelor's degree. And I wasn't ready to start a real job. I wanted to stay in college. So I'm like, let me go, let me go to Cal State Fullerton and do this degree. Well, I didn't realize, Corey, I was going to study underneath the John Wooden of sports psychology. I was going to study underneath Living Yoda. And when I got there after the first couple of weeks, I said, this is incredible. This is exactly what I want to do. I didn't realize that you could actually coach this. And I was just enthralled by watching this man work with coaches, athletes, and teams every day from UCLA to USC to Long Beach to Cal State Fullerton to the Angels to, I remember one class, Michael Powell, who was the world record holder in the long jump. The guy jumped almost 30 feet. He almost jumped a first down. And he was an assistant track coach at Cal State Fullerton. And he came in and talked with our class for three hours about that one jump. And I was just blown away at how detailed some of these athletes were with their preparation and their process. And it was almost like there was a language of excellence that I had never even heard before. And, you know, having had that training with Ken Revisa and being a graduate assistant coach with the baseball team at Cal State Fullerton that won the national championship in 2004, I then was able to, you know, can start to work with 
UC Irvine because their coach, they hired a coach who was the pitching coach at Fullerton when they won the national championship. And at the time I'm back in Vermont as a high school athletic director and teacher mm-hmm. and I'm flying out to California to do sports psychology consulting, maybe one weekend a month with UC Irvine. Well, that quickly turned into coaches recommending what I was doing to their friends. And I picked up TCU and Vanderbilt and that summer of 2007 or that spring of 2007, we had, you know, TCU who had a pitcher named Jake Arrieta, who's won a Cy Young with the world series with the Cubs had a pitcher at Vanderbilt named David Price. Who's won a Cy Young world series with the Red Sox started with a UFC fighter named George St. Pierre up in Montreal. And then about that time I started in the swimming world with university of Georgia women in Auburn men and didn't, I mean, to me, swimming at the time was the doggy paddle and diving was a cannonball, you know, and I've recently in the last, since 2016, I started to take swim lessons and got into the Ironman triathlon scene. So, um, embarrassed the fact that I got to work with swimming and diving back then, you know, and it would, I don't, I know a little bit more about it now, but, uh, just to have had, have been so privileged, you know, to work with really good coaches and athletes and had great mentorship and everything that I've learned, everything that I do, I try to put I've put into that coach's certification program because, you know, my mission in life is really clear. It's educate, empower, energize other people to be their best. And when Ken Revisa passed away in July of 2018, I realized that the biggest impact I was going to have on the world was not by me being out on the front line working with athletes. It was going to be by me training coaches like yourself and hopefully like the people listening to this that are the ones who are going to be impacting more lives. And together, you know, we can, we can impact, I think, a greater good, especially a difficult time like this during coronavirus where people don't necessarily know what their mindset should be set on. They don't necessarily know what's going to happen or what's not in the future. And giving them some strategies and tools to be able to manage their mindset and manage their focus and awareness and their discipline and create routines, I think is something that's going to help them to be the, become the best version of themselves, which is what this is all about. Yeah, definitely. It's funny. You're, our life mission is very similar. That's kind of why I started this podcast medium as a, an ability for me to take my message as a one-on-one coach and put it out there for more people to kind of see and hear and get these takeaways uh, without working with me directly per se, similar to your coaching program. Obviously, a bunch of different names of high-level people that you've worked with pretty much across any different sport. What have been kind of some, I know there's a bunch of traits that go into the elite mindset of these performers. What would you say if you could narrow it down to just two or three would be the most important uh, based off of your experience? Yeah, I would say if, if you want to take elite mindset and go kind of Cliff Notes version on it and give the absolute basics, I would say number one is control what you can control. Mm-hmm. And there's so few things that you have control over. Just look at the way the world is right now. You have so few things that you have control over that if you choose to focus on the things you can't control, there's no end to that game and there's no winning that game. It's like the comparison game, right? And comparison is the thief of all joy. And that's the challenge we deal with right now with the social media world that we live in where it's very external and everyone posts their best moments, everything that's great about what they're doing. No one posts their, their terrible moments, you know, where they get floored or things aren't going their way and they're knocked down. So we only compare ourselves to the best version of other people's lives when that's not just, the, that's not the reality. So social media can be a great tool from an education standpoint, but can also be a miserable tool from a comparison standpoint. So I think controlling what you can control is number one, and you can only control your attitude, your effort, and what you do on a daily basis, the decisions that you make. And then I think the other characteristic of these great athletes is 
relentless responsibility in understanding that the decisions that they make are creating the future that, they, that they're going to get. And when I talk about responsibility, it's not just responsibility when times are good, it's responsibility all the time. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, anywhere in the middle, they choose their response. That's why the word is called response ability. They know how they respond to success, how they respond to failure, how they respond to fatigue, how they respond to the invitation to go out to the party with the supermodels. They respond to those situations in alignment with what's going to give them the best chance for success. Mm -hmm. I think that's perfect. I mean, obviously familiar with your work, the event plus response equals your outcome equation has been a huge eye-opener for me personally, but then also for the people I work with. That's a huge life lesson. Yeah, you know, and, and E plus R equals O is something that you hear, like I think another key mindset is that success leaves clues, right? So when you listen to great coaches talk, you'll hear, you know, Jack Canfield, author of The Success Principles and Chicken Soup for the Soul, he talks about E plus R equals O. You hear Urban Meyer talk about that in his book, Above the Line. Two consultants, Brian and Tim Kite of Focus 3, they talk about E plus R equals O, as does Dr. Rob Gilbert with Success Hotline. So I think when you, I just did a, a podcast with Vitor Belfort, former UFC world champion. And at the end, I asked him, I said, what would be your advice for people right now during coronavirus season? And he said, one, control what you can control. And he said, number two, do a little a lot, not a lot a little. And he said, the key is small, slow, daily progress, not perfection. Because mm -hmm. if you focus on perfection, you lose too often. If plan suggested was simply plan tomorrow, tonight, which we talk about in the certification program, to give yourself that chance that when you wake up tomorrow, you can play all things you need to do to win that day. I liked the, the planning the night before the next day as a huge strategy. Uh, that's been something that I've been doing for the past few years, actually, and it's been a huge help. Yeah, I mean, the one factor, same for you and Michael Phelps and everyone else who's gonna jump in the water, my friend, is called time. Yeah. You know, and if you can learn to maximize your time and learn to make time work for you instead of you working for time, what I mean by that is you wake up, you have a plan that you set up the night before and you know how you're gonna win the day. And most people operate too much off of feeling and not much off of what I call focus and routine because feeling can come and go. And if you wait until you feel like training or wait until you feel like doing what you need to do, the feeling may never come and then you may never get to work in, especially mm -hmm. with the amount of grind that people are doing, putting into swimming. And I didn't realize that swimmers train like almost like two times a day is an easy day, you know? So, I mean, they're constantly in the water, you know, early in the morning, late at night, it's cold, you know? And I think, when I, now that I've gotten in the triathlon scene, just the mental grind of swimming and getting in there and just putting in the yards and what it takes is such a mental game. And knowing that it's the start that stops most people, knowing that feelings are not facts. And if you simply act different than how you feel and you're able to get into the water, by the time you hit the wall the third or fourth time, sometimes you're going to click it in and find the energy that you need for that workout. So it's like the hardest part about running is putting your shoes on. The hardest part about swimming is often just getting in the water. So I think don't let the start stop you. Be the person that's going to be proactive, take action, and learn to master telling yourself what you're going to do and then doing it instead of listening to how you feel all the time. Yeah, I think that's 100%. When I was in college, it was very difficult some days to get there at that 5 a.m. practice. But then I often found myself just as I just have to dive in. And then like once I'm, once I'm in the pool, like everything clicks and you know, it gets, comes back to me and I'm on the right and You got to tell yourself and you got to tell yourself that and you got to know that's going to happen. And you got to also know that you're not alone. 
I think a lot of athletes, like in talking to with athletes in mixed martial arts in the UFC, them they admit to being afraid. They admit to having fear. And when I start working with them and talking with them, I'm talking about the who's who of the UFC now. These are five UFC world champions. George St. Pierre, Rashad, uh, Rashad Evans, Rich Franklin, George St. Um, Vitor Belfort, you know, Rich Franklin. These are some who's who's. These are all Hall of Fame fighters. And they would all say, man, I get nervous. I get scared before a fight. But they would never admit it until they hear that someone else goes through it. And they're like, oh, you go through that too? You know, and it's like, we all go through the same things as athletes. It's just a matter of understanding you're not on an island by yourself and have some tools and strategies to be able to get out of your own way. Have some tools and strategies to be able to be more consistent and compete with more confidence day to day. I mean, it's easy to get up for the big meet, man, but you don't have to get up for the big meet. You got to get up for training today. You got to get up for training tomorrow morning at 5 a.m., which means you got to have the discipline to get in bed early tonight so you can have the energy to get up to go tomorrow. It's a process that just never ends. Yeah. I mean, you reverse engineer everything from that end meet that, or I guess in your case, like the big fights or the triathlons or the Ironman race, and you just reverse engineer from there and you got to know what goes into that day-to-day process that's it that's it and it's and i found it you know having written 44 books it's no different with writing a book it's no different with creating a certification program it's no different with buying a house it's no different with anything you have a plan you reverse engineer your plan and the better coaching you get Mm -hmm. the more clear your plan is the easier your plan is because the last thing you want to do is think you have to figure this out all by yourself and then you have this big goal that you reverse engineer and next thing you know two years in you're following the wrong path and I think that's why I'm so passionate, Corey, about mental performance training is I didn't, I didn't hear someone say that you could even train the mental game until I, was, I had graduated from college and met Ken Revisa. Why was I not getting this at 14 years old when I was in high school? You know, why was, why was no one saying, hey, man, you've got to learn to control the things that you can control. And you have to have a process that's going to align with the outcome that you want. And you have to follow that process. And don't tell me about your process. Show me your process on paper. Because if it's on paper, we can then do what? We can evaluate it. We can measure it. We can put it in front of people who have more knowledge than we do currently, get feedback from them, and continue to grow our process. But if you don't have your process written down on paper, like if your schedule is not written down on paper, you're just talking the talk, man. You're up in the clouds, and you're not going to get the results that you're looking for for guaranteed yeah i mean i i'm sure you had former teammates like that i can think of a bunch of people that come to mind that everything the more it stays up here and not on paper the the less likely it's going to be to get done 100 that was me i was that guy (laughs) until until results mattered you know and when do results matter when you're not getting the same paycheck every week results matter when now you become an entrepreneur and if you don't get results, you're not getting paid. So it's like, okay, well, I'm not in public education anymore. And when I was, you know, I, I, I thought I was pretty good at what I was doing, you know, but now that, I, now that I'm in a position I am, I can look back and say, I left so much in the tank, man. I left so much on the table and I really fell short of what my potential was because I didn't need to live the strategies that we're talking about. There was no urgency. There was no pressure because it was just showing up doing the same thing day to day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I got to 240 pounds. And as I'm talking today, I'm fired up to let you know I got on the scale this morning at 179, you know, and rode the bike for 20 miles and did a Murph workout. And, you know, and I, and I said, because this is a lifestyle, man. And I think the other thing, when you look at people who succeed, it doesn't matter if these are coaches, if these are athletes, if these are people in the corporate world is people that succeed, make decisions 
that align with who they want to be and what they want to accomplish because they have clarity on that. And, you know, Tom Brady said it best one day. He said, look, man, if you want to be great, it's real easy. Do more good, less bad. You'll have a great career. And you have, in, order, in order to know that, you have to, in order to know what's good and what's bad, you have to ask questions or know what's good and bad. You have to test things. Mm-hmm. You can't just live on the damn treadmill of life where you're going through the motions every day. And the next thing you know, you're looking up in six years from now, you're going, man, I got a 44-inch waist. And my button just flew off my pants and hit the windshield as I'm driving to the airport. What happened? Like, that happened to me. I blinked and I was 240. You know, and it's like you have to follow what I call the four-step goal formula. And the four-step goal formula works for everything, whether you're trying to shave time off your hundred or you're trying to shave inches off your waist or you're trying to add money into the bank account, whatever it is, the four-step goal formula always works. Step one, set an intention. What's your goal? What are you trying to do? Step two, schedule. When are you going to take massive action on a daily basis towards accomplishing that goal? Three, measure it. Are you doing what you said you were going to do on a daily basis? And then four, this is the spot we miss, is reflect and refocus. Mm -hmm. And reflect and refocus is press pause, stop, and ask yourself. I do this every Sunday. What am I doing well? What do I want to do better? How am I going to do it? And when I'm doing one-on-one coaching, at the end of the day, I'll stop and run through that well, better, how analysis. When I'm doing podcasts, every time I'm... If I'm the host of a podcast or if I'm a guest on a podcast, what I'll do at the end of the day is I just kind of run back through my day and say, okay, what did I do well on the podcast with Corey today? What do I want to do better? How would I do that the next time? And one of my goals was to speak less. So I'm going to end that answer there. Well, I love that. I love the, um, you know, the reflection piece because I think that's so often missed. Um, and that's something that this time has actually really helped me out on is, taking that time to reflect because I, I find myself in that daily grind of, you know, client, 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 you know, teach a class, try to record a podcast episode, put out some content on social media. And next thing I know, it's like eight o'clock at night and I was up at four thirty, and now I need to go to bed and redo it all over again. So this has given me a chance to kind of step back, reflect, and gain that clarity and understanding of where I need to go to get to where I want to be. And that will still require up at 4 a.m. and working yeah. until 9, 10 o'clock at night. It does, that, doesn't, that doesn't change. Yeah, that doesn't change. Right? It doesn't change. As you just become more strategic about what you're doing, maybe how you can get help and outsource some of those things. But also, I think the biggest thing is tapping into the why. Mm-hmm. And if you know why you're doing it, the, the grind is no longer a grind. It becomes what you want to do. And I hear athletes say all the time, oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm grinding in the weight room. I'm like, grinding in the weight room? Like, you mean you're going in there because you want to get more physically fit and get stronger and get, become a better athlete? Like, to me, a grind is when you lose the reason why you're doing what you're doing. Otherwise, it's enjoyment. You know, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's, it's fun every day, but it's a lot more fun than doing what you don't want to do. Yeah. So yeah, I just think you got to be careful with how you use the term grind, you know? It's like, Grind to me is always an acronym, man, for get ready. It's a new day. And if it's a new day, it deserves to be dominated with the best level of your, your ability and your effort. So give it everything you got. And when the head hits the pillow, you look back and you take the pillow test. And you either say, I'm glad I did or I wish I had. And if you're answering your days, six out of seven days, well, I'm glad I did this today, then you're making progress. If you're answering the question of when your head hits the pillow and you take the pillow test, the pillow test, I wish I had, you're going to live with regret, man. And there's nothing worse than living with regrets, leaving something in the tank. 
Yeah. I mean, it's all about that lens. You look at anything you're doing, whether it's the training for, I mean, Ironman training is, is no joke. <laughs> I've had former coaches that are pushing me towards that because I was a distance swimmer. They're like, you, you'd be great at it. I was like, I don't know. My why isn't there. It's not firm um, yeah. that I want to go through that training just yet. Yeah. Um, I'm sure at some point in my life I'll hop on that train though. Well, when you do, let me know I'm in. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. Um, do you, Brian, do you have any last minute advice here for those kind of going through an odd time as an athlete? They don't maybe have access to their typical training routine, regimen, and just kind of their regular routines of excellence are kind of thrown out of whack. What's your advice to them right now? Yeah. Create a new normal, right? And this is the thing that elite athletes do is they anticipate, they anticipate when change is coming and they're ahead of the curve. So Right now, like no one can tell you when you're going to be able to get back in the pool, when seasons are going to resume and all that. So, so don't wait for someone else to give you direction to say, do this, create your own direction. And then when it becomes time for you to actually get back in a pool or get back into training, then you adapt and adjust. So, you know, it's, what do you need to work out? You need a garbage can, you need yourself, you need your shoes, you need some burpees. Maybe you got a pull-up bar. Maybe you got a band you can do some swimmer moves with. Like you don't need much. Okay. And if you meet, if you think you need much, then you're making excuses because you just don't want to go put the work in, but put the work in without any excuses, live a no excuse lifestyle. And then what's going to happen is when they finally lift this, this pandemic and you're able to get back in and do what you want to do, you will look back and say, I'm glad I did. It's like the pillow test right? Every night. I'm glad I did. I wish I had. Let's just call it the COVID-19 test. I'm glad I did or I wish I had. Corey, when we come out of this thing, man, and they lift it, whether it's in 2020 or 22, every one of us is going to come out of this. And we're either going to say, I'm better than I was when I went in, or I'm no different, or I'm worse. And I think if you're no different, you're worse because you're missing a huge opportunity. And part of that opportunity that I wanted to create for the athletes listening to this is go to briancane.com and check out my 30-day athletes course. It's designed, it's online, videos every day with a workbook that you fill out, which is going to go into a lot of the principles and things we've talked about around mindset, time management, routines, visualization, and everything I did when I was with Georgia and Auburn swimming and diving, now put into an athletes program and go through it for a month. So if you started that, it's now what, May 11th. If you started that June 1st and you went through the 30-day athletes program in June and then we'll get back in the pool in July, I can guarantee you, you'll be in a better place than you were if you were training all of June. Because what do we do as swimmers? We get in and we grind. We get in and we swim. But we rarely ever train the mindset. Why? Because we just don't know what to do. Well, we've solved that problem for you. What do you do? Go get the 30 days to mental performance mastery for athletes program. Check out some of the articles I've written on there about what athletes should be doing now in their mindset during COVID-19. And let's engage on social media, Instagram, Twitter, at Brian Kane Peak. I would love to um, get involved in any way I can to help you as a, as a swimmer or an athlete to close that gap from where you are to where you want to be. You know, I found swimming at 37 years old, I got my first swim lesson and realized that you actually exhale into the water, which is always funny for you guys to hear that I was 37 when I learned that. But I tell you what, all I want to do is train, man. All I want to do is swim. I love it. It's one of the most fun things that's out there. And to me, it's like a meditation. So I'm glad I found it. I just wish I was smart enough, like listeners here to find it when they were in their teens. Yeah. I mean, Brian, I just want to take the time to acknowledge you, obviously, for all your work and, and everything. Having gone through your content and you know, gone through your own program. I'm, I can speak from experience. You know what you're talking about, obviously. And it's some life-changing stuff there. Um, 
wish I was the one to teach you uh, some swimming lessons, but if you ever need to progress, be more than happy to help you out in some way. Uh, I will take. I will be taking you up on that for sure. <laughs> I get to Baltimore, DC area quite a bit. Uh, Chevy Chase, Maryland, I believe it is. I will get out there and we will swim and play golf. You can, you can, you can put it on the books. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with Brian. His experience is unmatched, and what he teaches is something that we can all implement to get better, no matter what it is we're trying to get better at. My biggest takeaway from our conversation today was the importance of responsibility in our actions, no matter the circumstance. And it's how, as he pointed out, the best of the best become just that. If you haven't done so already, send this episode to a friend, family member, or teammate who could use a boost or learn how to take a little bit more responsibility in their life. Stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by following me on Instagram at Athletic Mindset Podcast. And remember, if you can change your mindset and how you think, You'll be able to change your life one thought at a time. I'll see you all next week.